authors in-house, Daniel, Jenna, thanks for being here with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. It's good to see you guys. So right off the bat, how has the uh, COVID lockdown been for you guys? What's the, what's the new norm? What's the family life like? Are you guys working? Tell me a little bit about what you guys have been up to. Um, honestly, not, not much has changed besides not being able to hang out with all our friends, you know, um, shows, yeah. shows all over the place. We are playing shows. We actually have a residency at uh, this place called the Far Out Lounge down mm -hmm. south. Um, but uh, we have been working on this new studio, which we're sitting in right now, music studio. We just finished it a week ago. Um, so that's been a big project. Chasing the little man around. Mm -hmm. Daniel's what? working full time and I'm just home with the baby. And we've been working on the record too, so finishing that up. So that's kind of been, yeah, new record. It has been in the works since October. We recorded it in Lockhart and then kind of, you know, we had the, the ch good chunk of it, like the band chunk, but we had to do a bunch of overdubs and stuff. And so we ended up doing a lot of that during this time, which was nice. Is that you guys doing a full LP or EP with how much? How much material you guys got for that one? Yeah, 11 songs. 11. Yeah, I got a full Wow, beautiful. When do you guys hoping to put that out? Are you going to hold off till things kind of get a little bit more? Yeah, plan was, plan was October, but I we just, you know, we want to be able to shop the album around, have time to have a good release, you know, like yeah. we don't know if live music's really going to be back next year early but we're going to shoot for that i guess yeah but, maybe a single here and there before yeah, yeah that's, the full thing that's, that's the move i think is just kind of trail out if we're going to start in october just trailing out singles and i think january we're going to release it it's kind of the, the game plan at this point yeah. awesome yeah i was uh, in the studio right before the lockdown and got a bunch of uh tracking stuff down and I'm going in just now next Sunday for the, to finish it up. So six months later or whatever it's been. <laughs> yeah. Where is that at? Uh, at uh, the bubble with Frenchie. Did oh, just a day of tracking, just three or four, well, it was four songs originally. And then I kind of severed one off cause it was like, yeah, let's just spend the time on the focus on these three. So I'm just going back in to finish those three up. Nice. So, but you guys, I've been able to, so how's the, how's the far out residency? I have not played a show. I don't think I've played a single show other than some streaming stuff since yeah. March. So how's it going? How's the show? It's atmosphere? great. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun and it's the perfect place to do it right now. Cause it's, it's wide open. You I don't, have you been there before? No, actually I was supposed to go there twice and, uh, like last minute, both times I was supposed to go, it fell through. But I know a lot of people that played there, and I've heard good things about it. They they actually expanded it. They own three acres of property out there, so all the tables are just really spread out, and um, they have three food trucks that are really good. And um, everything's outside, so you have to order from the food trucks or the drinks outside. Um, so they're doing it right, and they're doing it safely, and um everyone has to wear a mask if you're ordering and, and you know unless you're at your table but it's been great turnouts i mean for a sunday like in the middle of the day it being so hot i mean i think people just want some live music so people need it yeah that's good that people are coming out yeah i have we've definitely been playing it on the super super conservative side and just playing it as safe as possible and mm -hmm. i'm cool with that and you know we were hoping the summer was going to break up a little bit but it, it hasn't it's got worse so it's gonna get be it. a ways yet so 
So you guys are really unique because you guys are obviously a super cool band and a super cool couple. So I wanted to, I did a little digging into your guys' history, but I was interested in just kind of your, uh, your story, where you guys come from, were you guys a couple first? Did the, did the relationship come at the same time as the music came together or did one come before? And, and I know you guys are from Arizona, but why don't you take us back a little bit into your, your early years, your, your, how you guys came about? Um, well, we both grew up in Sedona, Arizona, and we probably knew of each other's existence in like sixth grade, I would say. Oh, wow. We've known each other for a long time. Um, hmm? Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't really <laughs> kind of knew who each other were, but we didn't really get to know each other until high school. We went, so we went to the same high school, and we just kind of, you know, hung out here and there in high school with different groups of friends, and, and we always hung out with the older kids and the older kids would graduate and then we wouldn't have anyone to hang out with. And so we'd hang out with the other older kids that, you know, were the year <laughs> below and we were like, Oh, you're hanging out with these guys too. All right, cool. And then our senior year, there was nobody left. It was just like, we were the only people in our class that we really like hung out with. And we didn't even hang out that much in high school, but then graduation of high school is when we played together for the first time. Yeah, we played we did a song. We did uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Trouble Water. Oh, that was our first song that we did together. And then after that, we were just like, hey, we kind of sound good together. So he went to school in L.A. I went and traveled Europe, and we were kind of sending songs back and forth through email. And every time we would go home to Sedona for, like, the holidays, we would get together and do little acoustic shows or something. So that's kind of where it started. And then uh, when he graduated college, he moved, he joined me in Denver and we started our first band, which was called the Oak Creek Band. Oak Creek is uh, the area of Sedona where he grew up. And um, yeah, we were Oak Creek Band for like six years, five, six years. Mm -hmm. We were in Denver and uh, well, to, to backtrack a little bit, we moved in together as friends. And then I'd say about Three what months. three months into it <laughs> was when we uh, couldn't fight it anymore. He was trying to not let a Fleetwood Mac thing happen, but uh, but it happened. I yeah. <laughs> I reeled him in somehow. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we so can I, I, uh, we can take it from there in just a minute. But just to take your go a little bit uh, deeper into where you guys come from as individuals, and I, I can start with you, Jenna, and then. I'd like to hear about Europe from you and then from LA and, and all that stuff. But Jenna, what were your, uh, what were your biggest influences growing up as you have such an awesome, soulful voice? Who are you listening to in your adolescence and then into your high school and college years? And, you know, all, tell me, tell me your music history. Oh boy. It's, it's all I know it's probably a big list. Um, but I mean, I started singing in church. That was, you know, it's probably where a little bit of the soul comes from. You so. can tell. Yeah. That, you, that uh, comes through for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's where it began. And I, I just, I loved listening to gospel and R&B music and soul music. Um, and then I got into, I think like sixth, seventh grade, I started getting into kind of just rock and roll, alternative rock and roll. Um, I think embarrassingly enough, I was listening to like brands like Creed. Like I was in, I was really into that in sixth and seventh grade. P.O.D. P.O.D. Oh yeah. Um, and and then I think I went through like a punk, a pretty good punk stage in high school, punk and ska. Mm -hmm. 
and emo. I kind of, you know, punk ska and emo. Those are my main ones. And we were kind of, <laughs> we were kind of in that phase at the same time, because yeah. her boyfriend at the time was my bass player. So oh, for your punk band, for my punk, my ska band. Yep. <laughs> so we were into ska band and skanking and doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. And then Daniel, how about you? Where did your music kind of start from, and how long have you been playing guitar, or where did you start playing? Um, I I started in sixth, fifth grade. Um, you know, my parents listened to classic rock and Sticks. Sticks was my favorite band growing up. I don't know why. I guess because it was they liked it. But <laughs> so Sticks was my my jams, and then like I I didn't like pop music at all. I remember Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba being the first <laughs> pop song. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. You know, but uh, I I was into rock most of my life, and then got into punk and ska, you know, Blink-182 and ska around this time, but then took a 180 and got into fish and jazz <laughs> at the freshman year of high school. So I went on this fish odyssey for like a year and a half and this jazz odyssey, and I learned jazz, and I started doing like um, like the all-state jazz bands, and I don't know. Just started listening to Fish for some reason, and then totally went off of it. No more Fish, like after junior year of high school, and got into like hip hop and yeah, it's know. all over the place. All over the place. Were but you, you, were, were you smoking ahead. weed at that age, or were you just listening to Fish <laughs> on a sober level? <laughs> I wasn't really. I mean, not really? definitely not freshman year. Maybe like junior senior year, I I would smoke once in a while, but yeah. But no, I just I don't know. <laughs> I really can't explain it. <laughs> I but know I usually people that are, you know, get into fish, that's it. For, they're a fish yeah. head for life. But I learned a lot from it. Like, that's how I learned how to solo guitar. Mm -hmm. like, Do you guys ever revisit any of the – I'm trying to think. I've listened to a bunch of your stuff recently, and obviously I've played with you guys and seen you live before. Do you guys ever revisit the, uh, the ska stuff? Because you have the horn section and everything, and you have the been... rhythm section. One day. One day we One will. Day. I've been I've been pushing for it. <laughs> Someday it'll happen. I don't know when, but it'd be pretty silly. But just you know, all the fun. hits. You know, mighty mighty boss tones, just like the classic. Yep. That would be a fun night. It would be a fun night. And you guys, I, I think one of you guys commented, or both of you, and I, I went to see, uh, posted something about going to see Toots and the Maytels a oh, couple yeah. years ago, and so obviously that's like really oh. gone. Yeah, we listen to a lot of reggae and we love Toots. We yeah. got to see him a few years back at uh, one big holiday in the Dominican Republic, my morning jacket oh, uh, festival, oh. and they were one of my favorite and he, acts that we saw the whole time. He holds time. his microphone down by his belly. I button. know, I know, man. He's he's definitely like and my. It's just <laughs> so loud. Amazing. Yeah, I love Toots. So, um, just. Uh, to one more thing you had mentioned, Jenna, you were in Europe. You said, what were you doing over there? Well, I um, did the classic. Um, I broke up. I, my boyfriend and I broke up. Uh, we were together for like four years. And so my heart was broken. So I decided to stop going to college and I went to Europe just to backpack by myself. Wow. Um, for a few months. And that was it. Just kind of a, a soul searching, you know, trip. I was 18, I think, at the mm -hmm. time, and uh, stayed in France and Ireland most of the time, and I don't know, and then just came back and decided to head to Fort Collins, Colorado after that for some mm -hmm. reason. 
And Daniel, you were in Los Angeles. Were you at school there? Yeah, I went to university out there and did got a business degree. But I was just kind of out there to, I, I at the time I was like playing a lot of jazz. So I was like, well, you know, I can go be a jazz musician. I don't know, like get in LA music scene. And I got there and I realized I was not good enough to be like a jazz guy. Mm-hmm. So I like, I just started playing open mics instead. Um, just put down the electric guitar and just started playing acoustic and singing songs and so I did that every week for my whole like two year first two years I was in LA. I played every open mic for two years, and then I I kind of got a little lax with it after that. I didn't really care as much, but um, how did yeah, you, LA was crazy, dude. How did you like Los Angeles? Because uh, full disclosure, the family and I are strongly considering a move there in the near future. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we, it's uh, I didn't like it at first but I grew to really love it, you know? I was right by the beach, so. Were you there for like four years? I was there for four years. Um, It was, you know, it was hard to put a band together. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That was like like a band guy, you know? I don't know. I've always been just like the band, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Austin's really great for that. It's like there's that band here band of brothers you know people are just like in it to win it and yeah there's such a rich pool of talent in austin it's got to be one you know i've thought about it and and we all know people in other cities but i mean for players it's got to be top three in the world top you know it's like it's insane yeah it really is i mean nashville is insane yeah we lived there too that was there and i mean the players were insane there but it was like those guys were all the guys that were like you know, and it, it, there's not that many people in Nashville. So it was like only those guys that you don't have this like middle, <laughs> mid-level mm-hmm. talent or like even lower, you know, it's like just like the premier guys, yeah, which was amazing. But here it's like oh, just everyone, you know, all the, there's yeah. so many different genres and like, mm-hmm. it's insane. So you guys, I want to kind of get to the evolution of your sound and we've already kind of cracked into that, but, uh, more back to where the locations you guys have lived. You guys were in Denver, you said, for six years, and then did you go to Nashville from from there? Denver for about five years, and then Nashville. uh, I think we made it a year and a half, almost two years. years. Um, Nashville was kind of a rough time. I don't know. We we didn't really. It was very humbling. It was. (laughs) It was. We learned a lot. Uh, It just wasn't our spot. Yeah, and Um, we like, when we lived in Denver, we were touring a lot and we were going to Arizona, which is like our home base, fan base, you know, so we just go back and forth and sometimes we'd go to LA cause I still had people out there. And so we did this little triangle and that was great. Cause we, you know, we had people, we had friends, we had family, we had fans. So we moved to Nashville and we're like, all right, we're going to, you know, keep hitting it. And we were going to like, you know, Dayton, Ohio and like, Little towns in Pennsylvania. You know, who knows? All, just like all these little random towns in the, the Midwest and the East Coast. and We didn't know anybody. We didn't, yeah. yeah. So we, it was just rough touring. And then we'd get to like New York or Chicago and we'd have some good shows like in the big cities because we'd know somebody. But like getting there was always just miserable. So that was humbling in itself. And then just being in Nashville is just, you know, kind of like LA. Just everybody's just it's very industry and um i don't know yeah 
And then at, so after that, we were going to move to California. We were going to move to like San Luis Obispo, just some random. Oh, it's so great. And we love, and that's why we were going to move there because we were like, oh, we love it. It's so beautiful. Um, but thinking about the music scene out there, we were, I think, we just kind of had to shift something around because there's not really, you know, there's not really a great music scene. So we actually, we were heading out west and we stopped in Austin just to visit a friend um and we changed our plans <laughs> we just we went to a show at the continental gallery we saw a uh, troop frill and sniz have you been have you ever been able to see them yeah Great. long time ago but yeah fantastic yeah. and that night we decided to not go to california wow fate. <laughs> yeah nashville nashville's never really resonated with me and we've, we've been through on on tour there probably half a dozen times or so, but it's just, and I, and I, I had been through there before I was even really full blown into music and I don't know, it just didn't, wasn't my, it didn't feel right for me. Never, never really thought about going there. It didn't, yeah. it wasn't my vibe for, for whatever yeah. reason. And I know you guys are, are big fans of, uh, of New Orleans. Have you guys ever thought about, did you guys ever think about moving there at any time? Think about it all the time. Yeah, we, we love to go there, but it's not really our music. That for for what we do, I mean, Austin's pretty perfect. Yeah, it is. It is perfect for you yeah. guys for sure. Maybe one day down the road, we'll have a we can own like a condo or something in New Orleans. <laughs> go all or the just, time. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of your guys' sound, obviously the last record and and kind of the last two records and most of what I've heard of you guys is you just had that real rich soulful sound. It's definitely got some of the church in there. It's just definitely got the rhythm and blues, rock and roll, Americana. And uh, you know, most people I talk to and myself included um, a sound kind of just evolves on its own. It kind of has a life of its own. You don't really think about where it's coming from, but as you guys were putting your sound together here in Austin, and I imagine you guys started kind of from the ground up in terms of it was just you two and you built around that, or did you have other people that you already knew here? No, no, uh, we didn't know any musicians here. We yeah. knew friends, but... But we had our sound. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, we, we started in Denver. Like, we started as a folk act, like, in 2005. We did Simon and Garfunkel, right? So we did that. And we Beatles. Just, and Beatles and just sing a duo. So we did that for four years. Then we moved to Denver. We started the rock band, but it was like folk rock. It was like, that was Rilo Kylie, like folky, indie, folk, indie folk. That was what we were going for. Because um, at the time it was like electronic music was like it. That was what was happening. So it was like, all right, well, let's go the other direction. Let's not do that. Let's go rootsy and folky and mm-hmm. so that's that's what we did and uh the horns came to be in in nashville in Na- yeah. interestingly enough actually mm-hmm. yeah um so that so sound guys, evolved there did you have a big band in nashville then? for big shows yeah i mean we would i don't think we toured with the horns normally. the horns kind of joined at the very end that was like the final phase because we recorded two albums in nashville and the first one was like the folky Americana, and then we recorded a little EP that was like basically what we do now. Yeah, and we're actually we're playing two of those songs on Sunday. We haven't played them in five years or something, but yeah. um, 
but yeah, we're going to kind of bring them, bring those two back. And I think Austin has helped us um, hone in our sound kind of that like blue eyed soul, you know, that's so popular here. Well, the players here are just, that helps. Yeah. yeah. Like we got Trevor kneeling on piano, who's just a monster. And then we've got, um, and on the record, Anthony Farrell, who is in the Greyhounds and he plays organ. So we've got the piano and organ, like playing back and forth, like kind of in time, you know, live. And there's just like this cool, yeah, we got JJ Johnson on drums. Who's you know, I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah, of course. Is he on, yeah. is he playing with you now full time or just on the new record? No, no, no. He's just on the, just on the new record. He played a oh, few wow. shows with us, which was amazing. But uh, yeah, it's it's really great having him on the record. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah we he's, took him. He's a beast. He played a couple shows with us, like leading up to it. It was it was he played at Antones with us, and we he came down to Houston with us and played a show, and we played at Cosmic together with him. Yeah, and it was just like wow, <laughs> it's just insane. His groove and his pocket, next just... level. And when you guys are writing, does it does it start with a acoustic guitar, electric guitar? Do you guys does it start with you two, Daniel? Does it start with like a riff on the guitar? Because I know a lot of that is kind of central to the to the mm-hmm. themes to the writing. But how, is it always different? How does that work? I feel like it's usually like just a something in my head, and I just like. A melody, yeah, just like a melody that I just mm-hmm. I I make my little notes, sure, <laughs> you know, and then just work it, work it from there. And do you do you guys compose the horn parts by yourselves, or do you guys kind of entrust the horn section to kind of build that? You do all that, Daniel. I do all that most Very most cool. of it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes so, if I'm stuck, I'll get I'll get help, but I I do and, it mostly. And do you do that mostly through like uh, music theory and charts soft, and all that stuff? I have software, um, so I make charts on software, and and then I refine. I mean, I'm I'm insane. <laughs> I'm I'm a little too meticulous with it, but it usually pays off. The horn players appreciate the meticulous charts. Yeah, for sure. yeah, they like to have things. <laughs> Not, yeah, not, too, not, not, not a lot of room for uh, improv in terms of a tight horn line, right? No. Although we're kind of we're kind of moving in that direction. Like we've been playing these jazz shows, you know, where the horns are just coming off the books, just coming off the books a little bit. And we're kind of trying to incorporate work. So this week we're going to do more traditional waters where they're on the book, but we're going to kind of get off the book while we're <laughs> on the book. So we'll see what happens. Sounds jazzy. Have you guys been to any? Uh, other than the shows that you're playing, have you gone to any other other shows that people are playing around town? So we did one. We went to um, we went to Wero's. Wero's Taco Bar outside. It was the Michael Hale Trio. Have you seen Michael Hale Trio? No, but I've heard They're of like, them. Yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah, it's fun. Great. Just, yeah, that that was old it. School awesome blues. Brought brought the little man with us. Um, but that was it. Yeah. Not much else going on. <laughs> so uh, while we're on the subject of the little man, what kinds of uh, early uh, music are you guys getting in his uh, his brain and his his spirit? I know when, when my daughter was young, it was, I think the first stuff was a lot of like uh, lead belly kind of, because it's got that kind of folk and a lot of lead belly songs have that kind of almost a lullaby or, or simplicity to them that a very young kid can do. And, but not that too shortly thereafter, it was uh, 
BB King and Nina Simone and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so is there anything that, uh, that the little one really enjoys? Oh, um, reggae. He loves, I mean, oh, it, yeah. nice. right yeah. off the bat, it was like Bob Marley. We listened to Three Little Birds, that oh, yeah. song, with like the first five months of his life. Does he over and over and over him, again? Every time he'd hear it, he'd, he'd like just be okay. So, yeah, started with reggae and then uh, a lot of Beatles, of course. Um, we don't, yeah, we, we, we're not messing around here. There's no like baby shark and stuff happening no, here. No, we don't, that, that's not allowed in our house. So, we, we put on records and we listen to a lot of jazz. Mm. And uh, Bobby Charles, are you, are you oh, familiar yeah. with him? Bobby Charles, I don't, I think it sounds familiar, but I don't know if I know who that is. Check it out, dude. It's uh, the self-titled, I think it's the first record, self-titled record is like, that he's a like, Louisiana guy and he played with like band, the members of the band yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's the, the record is basically like the band with him as the singer. So. Oh, it, wow. That's gotta be good. That's good. Yeah. What, that when's was, that from? Is that from like the eighties or seventies? One something like that 70 71 oh wow okay so way back so before the band was or when the band was the I, band was, yeah. yeah like okay. uh, rick, rick danko produced it so you know he, he was probably on top of his yeah whatever you know on top of the world you know <laughs> on heroin <laughs> yeah i'm sure he was smacked out but they were all smacked out <laughs> there's a couple you know <clears throat> little flibbity flibbities in there but it, it just because he plays bass on it, and, but it works, you know. <laughs> yeah, mine was really into reggae, and still is, because I, I, I play reggae all the time around the house and stuff. But I remember when I brought her to the, I had to go to the bank, and she was probably like one. She was really young, and I was filling out one of the, you know, bank statements and sat her right on the table, and she just starts going like this in the middle of the dead quiet bank. She starts going, Bob Marley, Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny um, so kind of getting back to austin um and i know you guys have been able to to really get a toehold in the city and i've got to see you guys grow i've got to play with you guys and the state of the city um well it's the world the state of the world but how were you guys feeling about Austin before all this hit? Because, um, as I mentioned, I you know we, we're considering a move to Los Angeles, and Austin's been very good to me. I've I've been you know been here for ten years, and I've been able to I've gotten everything I wanted to get out of it, which was to basically you know more or less get ten thousand hours of just as much stage time as I can, and years and years of stage time, and years and years of practice, and just all that good stuff that Austin brings, and. As I was seeing it, you know, it's like, well, Austin's, I love it. And I just don't know how much, it, it seemed to me that the economy of the music in Austin was already shrinking a bit and that the surplus of musicians was as robust as ever. And I was kind of mm -hmm. noticing that a bit. And now obviously the, the kind of the sky has fallen uh, across the industry. So I guess with that kind of preamble ramble, um, you know, how, how are you guys, looking ahead to Austin, you know, now that all this has happened, are you guys kind of just, you got your record, you're going to, you're going to kind of finish that out and then just see where the world's at. Right. And, and how, how are you yeah. guys feeling about Austin as a city? Are you guys as high on it as you ever have been? Any thoughts on it? Oh, no, I mean, definitely not as high as we've ever been. I mean, I've been kind of going like back and forth, you know, I mean, who knows when it's going to come back like it did, if it will come back like it did. And I've just kind of been like, should we even 
be here? Can, you know, it's like, well, yeah. that's why we're here is right. for live music. Right. I um, think if it's going to come back anywhere, I feel like it's got to be here. I mean, there's just too many musicians. I mean, And there's too much at stake in the economy I, to not, but I mean, but I it, think it could you know, be a couple of years. I mean, before... Before all this happened, we were in a good position because we were we were getting all sorts of calls for like corporate, you know, like all these corporate events that, you know, were pretty high dollar, and and we were like get, starting to get a lot of those, and that was starting, you know, and we're we're really versatile, so we can do like we can do weddings, or we can do jazz brunch, or we can do Fleetwood Mac night, or what all these different weird shows. So I mean we were in like a really good position, you know, we just won the black fret and everything. And, um, but now it's, I think, uh, I think I'm not really worried. And, you know, it's like, we're already playing. We're playing more right now than we were. We are playing every week. Yeah. Know? We, we actually just got a hit up for another residency yeah, too. So. We're, so we have gigs. Uh, they're just not, you know, that's not the same, but I mean, you know, we've never been live by the gig, die by the gig. So we're not like working, gigging musicians, you know what I mean? So I work full time so I can play music because I love playing music. Yeah. And, and I also make money doing that too. So it's just like side hustle meets my passion and whatever. I, I don't care. I, I mean, if we go Sedona, it's going to be way worse, <laughs> you know? It's no like, music there. At least we can collaborate with the, all the beautiful musicians here and all the you know, resources that there are here, you know? Yeah. Even if it's different than it was, but I, what, I don't know. Yeah. You guys definitely have a ton of versatility and that's a huge, a huge plus with the, the soulful big band, just rock it out. And then the jazz, like you said, and you guys have a lot of, a lot of options. And that's part of, that's part of what I've been trying to do the last couple of years too, is, you know, you have, I have a three piece kind of rock and roll full on thing, but, you know, a few years ago, I was like, man, I got to get, get the solo acoustic thing going and you build that up and that becomes its own beast. And then last, not this past, but yeah, last summer I went on my first, we went on, I went on a, like a 12 city tour. It was just a two piece. And that was actually kind of just by circumstance, but that was a whole nother thing. And that was really a great learning experience and great fun. And you just have to have as many options as possible. Just you and a drummer? Or? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I picked, I did, I split the feed, so uh, I had kind of a base, um, a base. Uh, God, it was last summer, and I haven't used it so much. But the, um, you know, A B, and then you use a Octavia thing to uh, okay. and a bass amp. It was fun, man. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I mean, in a three piece, uh, you know, you got to do a lot of work as the singer and guitar player. But then as a two piece. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> much, but it's fun you know you really got to be on your shit so um i think we've covered just about everything i wanted to talk to you guys about i guess one of my closing questions would be and we've kind of hit on some of this before but i'm sure you guys have had a little bit more time to think and and just process and a lot of people are using the word um reset you know i heard a lot of musicians use that word reset um mm -hmm. but you guys have any thoughts on on uh, moving forward as as musicians and artists in general and specifically people who are in need of a a crowd uh and it's i think you guys are are, are super uh deserving and lucky and uh 
well fit for the gigs that you have in this uh, pretty perilous, <laughs> you know, this, this rough time. So that's fantastic that you have that going on right now. But any thoughts on uh, the industry and the community of musicians and, and ways to kind of get through this as best we can? Like as a whole, like everybody? Yeah, as, as indiv- you guys have a unique situation as a couple, but as an individual in the situation, as a couple in the situation, and then as a community, and that's kind of a loaded question, but maybe you guys have had thoughts on, on any of that stuff. And I mean, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to like speculate for everybody, you know, or like what the, the shape of the industry is going to be. I mean, it's just for, as far as like, it, to me, it seems like the big business, the major concerts, all the major label stuff is, is going to be whatever it is. And it's all going to be seemingly uniform because they all seem to do the same thing. Cause you know, the, the book circuits, booking circuits are all going to, so that's going to come back whenever that comes back. You know, that's probably going to be maybe next year. It's not going to be too long. I mean, music's going to come back, right? Right. People have the itch for it. I mean, big time when it comes back. So let's say in the meantime, I mean, you know, I feel like it's going to be private events, you know, corp either find some corporate schmoes or you, you get some rich folks to pay you to play in the backyard. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, which is, I mean, it's, it's happening. I think the biggest thing is just, you got to be ready to just play whatever the, you know, if that's what you want to do, then you can make that happen. It's not illegal. And if it's, and if it's not in your comfort zone, it's not in a lot of people's comfort zone right now to get out and play, even for 20 people outside, then find other ways to be creative and hone your craft. And that's the thing. You just got to keep going, keep working, whatever. Or I don't know. I mean, this is also a great, like you said, it's a, it's a time to reset. And I mean, maybe it's, it's a good time to a good excuse excuse to just put everything down and just be and I don't know take care of your health and your happiness and your you know your mental health and be with your loved ones and I don't know I don't I don't know the answer but um I think being present going with what you have and really just honing your craft whether that's in your own personal space or out with other people mm-hmm sticking to that how have you guys been able to uh have you guys been able to do writing how have you how's the writing process been since you guys had the kiddo is it just same as same as it ever was just find time during nap time and and get a baby (laughs) do you guys have any and i I guess a a, a part b to that do you guys have any family network in town because i know me that's one thing we have always lacked is we just have no family network in town. zero yeah nothing uh Grandparents visit often, though. I'd say every other month we, or more, we have a grandparent here visiting. So, so that's been nice. Um, I personally have not written anything since John Uh, was born. Right when he was born, we were like, I was in this zone where like the record was almost written, you know. And so, right when he was born, I, I went on this one more little spree, and I was writing, 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 and then. You know, I, I but I always do this. Like I, I can't write until this record is like done, mm-hmm. and then, and then it's like, all right, keep going. Yeah, I haven't written anything in a while. Yeah, I'm definitely a spree writer as well. Like I'll, mm-hmm. it's, 
I, I'm sure it's a similar operation. Like I'll pockets of opportunity to write will pop up and then I'll just try to get as many of those initial ideas as you possibly can out. And then once you have those initial ideas, then you can take those to the band and that becomes its secondary process. And that's whatever, four or five months. And then once that's starting to wrap up, then you get recording. Okay. Now we got to finish these songs, finish them, record them. And then you start the process all over. And yeah. when you got family, you got day jobs and all that, you got to take the opportunities to write when they come. Cause you don't know when they'll come again or, or yeah. what have you, but. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your time and your your perspective and everything. And uh, we have to bring the family out to the Far Out Lounge and check you guys out sometime. Yeah, check it out. uh, What time do you guys play there? What time of day? Uh, So this this upcoming Sunday, the 16th, I think we're changing it to 1130 to 130 because it's going to be 105 on Sunday. Yeah, it's good. It's a hot day. We're doing it. We normally do it one to three. Um, but we are finding that that's quite hot then. Yeah. Um, their brunch is from 11 to three. So we might just do the earlier, earlier spot. But, uh, is it an indefinite, um, residency or is it? It is. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we won't be there for every single Sunday. So I think they're kind of leaving it open as jazz brunch for, and filling it with whoever wants to fill it. So, um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great hang and they, they're really doing it right so if you guys feel like making it out one of these days we'd love to see you in person i don't know if we'll be out there when it's 105 no i i I don't i don't want to be out there yeah i'm from up north so i'm still kind of a wuss when it comes to the the 100 degrees Uh, i think everybody kind of is but i get it well thank you guys so much i had a great time talking to you and uh i'll hopefully see you guys again soon all right brother all right stay in touch thank you